Welcome to Faith Baptist Church, Great Village, where we believe in the truth of the gospel, building of community, and engaging in the mission of Christ. We hope you enjoy this week's message as our pastors share from God's Word. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Baptist Church. This is an exciting Sunday, isn't it? I mean, it just does my heart good to see you here, to see cars in the parking lot, to see kids playing on the swings, the sun shining. I mean, can we praise God for this day? This is awesome. You remember the uh, driving concert last summer and we had the threat of rain the whole time and everybody was keeping their windows closed up because we didn't want to get wet? Well, today's an awesome day and we want to praise God for that. His mercies are new every morning. Uh, We're going to celebrate baptisms. We're going to have a barbecue. Those are all things that we can be excited about. But you know what else we're celebrating today? This is the last message, the last Sunday, the last week in our three-year journey through the Bible. Is that incredible or what? We've come to the end of the book. This is the last message. Is that exciting? (laughs) I think it's exciting. That's pretty cool. How many things do you stick with for three years? Like I bet in the last three years you've switched phones. Maybe you've switched internet providers. Maybe your favorite pair of jeans didn't last the three years that this sermon series has lasted. Stuff just doesn't last these days, right? Maybe your your gym membership didn't last three years. Well, we've made it three years through the Bible, and we are at the last week, and that is exciting. We've come to the end of the book of Revelation. We've been talking about the book of Revelation for four weeks now. Do you remember on week one, we talked about how everything we need can be found in who Jesus is. And where is Jesus? Well, he's not far. He's easy to be found. He's in his church. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. You can find Jesus right here today. And I pray that if you've never found Jesus, you would find him today. He is all that you need. In the second week, we talked about this scene that John saw. Through the window of heaven, he sees the throne room of heaven. And where is all the attention? What is the center focus of heaven? Well, it's Jesus. He's the lamb who is slain. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he is the conquering king. All of the worship is directed at Jesus. And then in the third week, last week, we talked about how the devil is a liar. He's a defeated foe. He's an imposter. He's a phony on a pony. And he pretends, he imposes himself as God to try and win our attention, to win our affection. Because what the devil has wanted all along is our worship. He wants the seat on the throne of your heart. We ask the question, who's in charge of your heart? What are you giving your heart to? Well, this week, we're going to finish the book of Revelation, the last five chapters. And I promise I'm going to get these five chapters done in the next 13 minutes. Do you think we can do it? (laughs) I heard a what? (laughs) I just want to tell you three things that everybody should know about the end. Three things. And here they are. Are you ready? Evil is through. All will be made new. And there's a seat at the table for you. And I wanted you to remember them, so I made them rhyme. Can you say them with me? Evil is through. Nice. All is made just like that second song that the band sang, which was awesome. And then there's a seat at the table for... Except maybe you should say me, right? There's a seat at the table for... Me. There's a seat at the table for all of us and a seat at the table for you. Uh, The first thing I want to talk about as my notes fly away is that evil is through. 
the next thing John sees through the window of heaven is a woman named Babylon in Revelation 17. Now, if you remember the story of Daniel, Babylon is an ancient world power with prestige, with wealth, luxury. This woman represents all that the world has to offer. And she is beautiful. She is captivating. John says, when I saw her, I wondered at her. I marveled at her. It says when the people who are living for this world saw her, their jaws dropped and they just stared at her because she's captivating. Chapter 18 tells us what she's all about. And listen to this. Tell me if this sounds familiar at all. She is the party scene. Just a good time. Drugs, alcohol. She is the love life. Lust, beauty, seduction. She is the rich life. Money, toys, wealth. She is the celebrity life, power, influence, followers, fame. Those things look so good, don't they? Here's the thing. John watches as this woman is devoured by the beast. And here's the point. Evil consumes evil. Takes it right out. Everything you were chasing after disappears. It's like a mirage in the desert. You think there's water and you show up and there's nothing to quench your thirst. Revelation chapter 18, verse 14 says, the fruit for which your soul longed after. What does your soul long after? What do you want more than anything? The fruit that your soul longs after has gone from you. All your delicacies, all your splendors, they're lost to you. They are never to be found again. This is the evil game of deception. How many have ever chased something that looks so good just to find out that you can't get no satisfaction? Any 60 rockers out there? No, maybe a few. This is the devil's MO. He wants to lure you in and he wants to trap you in that place where you don't want to be. It looks so good, but once you cross the fence, the grass wasn't any greener. It's this evil circle of deception. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, yeah, that's me. You know, I've spent so much of my life chasing after things that I thought would fill the void, but just left me empty, left me hollow, left me depressed, left me sick, left me anxious, left me mad, left me broken, left me unhealthy. Let me tell you, that's sin. That's the effects of sin. The evil that you see in the world is in your heart as well. And it leaves this hollow emptiness, this dissatisfaction. But here's the thing. God will judge the woman named Babylon. God will judge evil, all of the evil in this world. That's the story of the book of Revelation. In Revelation 19, John then sees this picture through the window of Jesus riding in on a white horse. Jesus is dressed in white. The corner of his robe is dipped in his own blood, the blood that he shed for us for the payment of sins. The devil has gathered all his followers ready to make war with Jesus riding in on that white horse. But here's the thing. Written on Jesus is the name above every other name. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. And it's not much of a fight because as soon as Jesus arrives, the battle is won. There's no need to fight. It's done. Evil is through. The devil is done. He's handcuffed for a thousand years, the Bible says. And then he and his followers are thrown into the lake of fire. You know, God will judge the living and the dead. It says books will be opened and, and there's a record kept of which each one has done. The book of life will be opened. 
And then it says, death and Hades are thrown into the lake of fire. And here's what I want to tell you. Hell wasn't designed for you. You were not meant to spend an eternity apart from God in a literal place called hell. It wasn't designed for you. That's not God's original plan. The devil is, the hell is designed for evil, for the devil, for his demons. And that's the truth of this passage, Revelation 21.4. Listen to this. Maybe you've heard this before. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Mourning shall be no more. Crying shall be no more. Pain shall be no more. For the former things, the evil of this world, it's passed away. Evil is through. And then you remember the second one? All is made new. Revelation 21, John sees a new heaven. John sees a new earth. John sees a new city of God, Jerusalem. As it descends, it has the glory of God. It has rare jewels. It has pure gold like clear glass. You know, there will be no rust or decay or rot in heaven. Do you know what I find as I get older? I realize that stuff doesn't last as long as it used to. Do you find that? Like you build a brand new house and before you've ever completed it, there's already dents and dings and broken things that need repair. As soon as you get the new phone, this is the most hilarious thing. You take it out of the box, you power it up. What does it ask you to do? It asks you to update. The moment you get it, it's already old and in need of repair and restoration. How long did that new car last before it needed an oil change, a brake job, a new windshield because that truck was too close in front of you on the highway? Things don't last anymore. But in heaven, all is made new. There's no rust, no rot, no decay. John gets a glimpse of the spring of the water of life. You know that fountain of youth that's depicted in movies? The spring of the water of life, and it's free. There's no cost. The river of water that flows, this river of life flows from God's throne, from the throne of the Lamb. Real, lasting satisfaction and abundant life, it flows from God to us. He's the creator and the initiator of life. The tree of life, 12 kinds of fruit, Every month it reproduces its fruit and the leaves are for the healing of the nations, the Bible says. How many people woke up with a stiff neck or a sore back or a cracking ankle? Isn't it crazy how our bodies, you know, like people say I'm over the hill. Well, that happens pretty quick. Let me tell you. And our bodies break down, don't they? Do you know how much percentage of our body is constantly at work fighting disease, fighting infection, fighting viruses and pandemics, and our body never stops trying to protect itself. Just think of how much energy you're going to have when you don't have to create all those white blood cells to fight off infection. When your kidney doesn't constantly have to filter the toxins out of your blood. When your lungs constantly are trying to filter that pollen, or I heard about dust mites today that are causing allergies. Just think how much energy you're going to have when all of that is gone and our bodies are made new. Twice, John says there's no need of light because Jesus is the light. John chapter 1, Jesus is the light of the world and we're going to experience the fullness and the reality of that someday in heaven. There will be no night. There will be no need for light because the Lamb is the light. No more darkness. You know what light speaks of? Light speaks of joy, optimism, clarity, opportunity. The gates of this new city, they're never going to shut. And this is one I hadn't paid attention to before. 
There's no fear of theft or loss. You don't have to worry about locking your doors. You don't have to worry about locking your car. You don't have to worry about tucking your purse under the seat. There's no fear, no insecurity. There's full confidence and trust. It says that the kings and the nations of the earth will bring their treasure. They'll walk in the light of the Son of God. Because evil is through, all is made new, and then the final point, there is a seat at the table for you. Here's what I want you to hear today. Here's where the book of Revelation ends. Revelation 19.7. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Listen to this. It was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is God's table. This is no family potluck that you've ever experienced. They're not going to be serving spam from a can. This is going to be a feast that you have never experienced before. This is going to be real satisfaction, real joy, real fulfillment, belonging, community. This is heaven and you belong here. We're given bright and pure clothing. And the Bible says that we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. He clothes us in his righteousness. You don't have to worry about what you're going to wear to the feast or being unprepared because Jesus is going to clothe you in his righteousness. His banner over you is love. Blessed are those who are invited. Well, who's invited? This is, this is the main point right here. Revelation 22, the last chapter, verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty. How many are thirsty right now sitting in this sun? Let the one who is thirsty say, come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Come. That's the invitation. Come. You are invited. There's a seat at the table for you. Are you thirsty? Are you tired? Can you feel that sun shining on the side of your face? Are you tired from day in, day out, going to work to pay the bills, but there's always more bills at the end of the month, and you're just wondering, when is the mundane going to end? You're thirsty. You're tired. The Holy Spirit invites you to come. He's whispering to your heart, come. And then the bride of Christ, the church, we as the church, we invite you to come. Jesus is the way, he's the truth, he's the life. He's the real, lasting satisfaction, abundant life that your soul craves, that this world offers but never fulfills. He is real satisfaction. And the way that he gives us real life is that he gave us his life. He died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. And then he rose again out of the tomb three days later to give us abundant life, to give us real life, hope, purpose, a calling, a family, a home. See, when we hear Revelation, oftentimes we think about heaven coming someday way down the road. When we hear Revelation, we think of all being made new someday way in the future. But what I'm here to tell you today is that 
It's not just stamping your ticket to heaven. This is something you can experience right now. You can experience new life right here, right now. You don't have to wait. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You don't have to wait until someday. You are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. It's already completed in your place by Jesus on the cross. You see, you don't have to wait until the end. You can experience forgiveness for the evil that's in your heart right here, right now. You can experience new life and a new creation right here, right now. You can experience sitting at God's table in community as part of his family. He is your heavenly father right now. And it goes like this. All you have to do is admit that the evil that we see in this world that we talked about the symptoms and signs of, it's actually in our hearts as well. And then you have to believe that Jesus actually died on the cross to pay for that sin in your heart. Believe that Jesus rose again to give you new life. And then the Bible says, all those who call out on the name of the Lord will be saved. It takes trusting faith. So here's my question today and then I'm done. I'll invite the band to come back up. I'd like to have a word of prayer. But what I would say is, would you trust him today? Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says, and we have an opportunity. We have a window right here, right now. As we go down to the river after the service and celebrate baptisms, as we enjoy barbecue together, as we enjoy this beautiful day that God has made and we're going to rejoice in it, as we enjoy all these things together, now's your opportunity. If you've never made this decision for Jesus Christ and you experience that hollowness, that thirst, that hunger in your life that this world can't satisfy, well, it's because that was a God-shaped hole designed that can only be filled by Jesus. Would you make that decision today? Can I pray for you? And we're going to close in a song. God, I want to thank you so much for who you are today. We love you, God. Thank you for the word of God that we've been traveling through these three years. Thank you for the final book, Revelation. Thank you so much that you give us a picture of the end and that we know that evil will be through, that all will be made new, and that there's a seat at the table for each one of us by the blood of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that if, those, if there are those here today who have not accepted your free invitation by faith, that, God, they would make that decision. As they see the baptisms, as they hear the stories, God, I pray that they would understand that this is a decision that they need to make. This isn't something that a friend can make or a pastor can make. God, I pray they would reach over to the person who invited them, the person they're sitting beside, that they would talk to somebody today and have clarity on what the end will be like for them and on what life can be like for them today. God, we praise you for who you are. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.